0: Welcome in to another edition of Inside Carolina's Next Level. I'm Tommy Ashley, sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt. level reporter, beat former beat writer, just great all-around person, Greg Barnes. You know, as I was preparing for this podcast, and you're probably seeing this on Inside Carolina on Tuesday, uh, I'm watching Greg on just national podcasts or ACC Network football podcasts and just knocking it out of the box. But today I bring you in, Greg, because we're going to talk money, a lot of it, maybe not enough of it, but a lot of it. What have you been up to the last few days digging through these financials?
1: Tommy, I'm, I'm blushing with that that introduction. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really been a last couple of months, last six weeks, I guess, of just a crazy amount of financials, not just in the you know, North Carolina's NCAA financial report, which is what we're going to talk about today primarily, but also with uh, conference uh, distributions through media rights. And uh, how that factor in, factors in with the SEC and the Big Ten, uh, you know, as that compares to the ACC, and and what Carolina is trying to do uh, as it, as it moves ahead, and, and trying to make sure all the opportunities financially are, are there on the table for for the Tar Heels. So it has been a, a lot of uh, a lot of math involved. Uh, I'm a writer by trade, so uh, it's it's been a uh, it's been a challenge.
0: Yeah, when you start talking math, if I can't put it in the calculator, I I can't comprehend it. And uh, I hate I may have passed that down to my children as well. But, Greg, let's sort of set the stage here. Um, We've done this podcast last couple of years, definitely last year. Um, You request the information, they give you North Carolina's 2023 fiscal year um, report. So that's July 1 of 22 to June 30th of 23 if my math is correct on that. Uh, North Carolina has 13 men's teams, 15 women's teams for 28 overall, of course, a member of the Atlantic Coast Conference. Greg, when I look at it, I'm on, we're going to get into the weeds. But the first thing that comes to mind, and I mentioned to you off the air, North Carolina, with all this money we're talking about, millions and millions of dollars, North Carolina reports clearing. For lack of a better term, two hundred seventy-three thousand dollars with the athletic department. It just doesn't seem like a lot when we're talking about hundred-plus million dollars a year.
1: Yeah, for sure. And and just to clear up any potential confusion by our listeners, uh, yeah. Tommy laid it out just right. But what happens is at the end of the fiscal year, so. Uh, at the end of the calendar year of the fiscal year. So December of 2023 is when all the documentation kind of has to be submitted. So we don't actually get access to it until January, uh, which we, we just got a couple weeks ago. Uh, so it's it's backdated like six months. So this is not the North Carolina football program of 2023 uh, that, that went eight and five in Drake Mays last year. This is the year prior. This is when Carolina went to the holiday bowl. Uh, this is when the basketball team, miss the NCAA tournament just to make sure everyone kind of knows what we're setting here. Uh, and, and Tommy, it is, it's, it's one of these things, there's so much information packed into here and I'm sure there's a little bit of rob robbing Peter to pay Paul, those types of things with, with the math. Um, but this is the, as you mentioned, this you know, North Carolina had a, a net revenue of two hundred seventy three thousand dollars Second year in a row. They've had a positive three years prior. They had a, a negative negative. So they're always trying to hit that uh, threshold where it's pretty much balanced. And the good news for North Carolina is that uh, they s- posted a record $139.4 million in total operating revenue. The negative is that they also set a record $139.1 million in total operating expenses. So the revenue continues to increase. It's up. Thirty-seven point five million over the last two years, which is a significant jump. But those expenses are keeping keeping track.
0: Yeah, and and you got to spend money to make money. We all know that saying um, as well. But also, to your point about the the three years prior where they lost money, that was COVID times, and in COVID or around that area, so a little bit of leeway there. Greg, I want you to sort of break down how this report comes to you because I I think it's uh, fascinating is they break it down somewhat specifically across the board, total, and then they break it down sport-wise. So we know how much football is spent on meals. We know how much, you know, basketball is spent recruiting. We know how much women's basketball and, and so on. But sort of overall, let's sort of get into it here. They break it down specifically, but I want to just look at it holistically. What stood out to you right out of the gate when you when you pulled this, other than me flipping through the bottom line? What stood out for you when you when you sort of peruse this document, this ninety-page document?
1: Well, that's that's exactly what I do too, Tommy. Is you kind of <laughs> go to the bottom line to see where things stand, uh, and look, this is the situation for for every program, every athletic department across the country. Uh, this is a financial report that's required by NCAA. So it's a, it's a form document uh, that is extremely lengthy. I mean, we're talking 90 pages here, and you've got uh, 19 different lines of, of revenue, and then you've got, uh, what, 21, I guess, of, of expenses. And it goes through, it goes into very specific detail about each program, but kind of the, the big picture is football, men's basketball, They isolate women's basketball and then other sports, which are the other 25 Olympic sports for, for North Carolina. And then you have non-program specific, of course, the the five of those combined to to fill out your total for each of those categories. And then at the end, you kind of see where you stand. But uh, what I always try to do, we know the revenue sports are called revenue sports for reason, football, men's basketball. And not only do they generate the most revenue, uh, you know, in 2022, 23, those two programs generated 71% of total revenue. So it's right at 99 million of the 139 million in, in total revenue. They also had a 43.7 net revenue, so that was their surplus. That's important because that pays for everybody else. And when you look at the other 26 non-revenue sports, they operated at a 23.6 million dollar deficit. So nearly a million dollar deficit per program when you average it out. Although, Tommy, as we talked about off the air, um, pretty glaring that when you, when you start talking about women's basketball, for example, they operated at a net loss of four point eight million dollars and then baseball operated at a net loss of one point eight million dollars. So six point six million uh, for those two programs at a loss in
0: 2022 23. Yeah and I, it, what's interesting is that when when you hear people talk about oh they just need to get rid of sport X Y and Z it's never those. You know it, it's the it's the other sports and they break it down I mean all the way down to you you know yolo crosses even rowing and all that kind of stuff everything's in there um but the big revenue sports pay the bills. Greg I'm going to repeat you here but 44 45 million dollars in revenue, a total revenue or net revenue for basketball and football, and then those losses, and it all shakes out to 270-some thousand in total revenue for the department. Just so folks can can keep up a little bit, Greg's got a great article also on Inside Carolina right now. If you check out that, if you're watching this on YouTube, go check it out on the website. If you're listening to the podcast, uh, go check it out as well. Just so folks will understand, ticket sales, you know, donations, student fees, $8 million in student fees. I love how people always say, oh, well, students get free tickets. $8 million in student fees. Go to that. You've got some things like direct institutional support, uh, indirect institutional support, in kind, contributions. Greg, I wanted to ask you about the contributions part of it. Um, I take that to be the Rams Club. Is it solely the Rams Club, or is that a bunch of other things going on there?
1: I think there's potential for some other things to be in there, but that's primarily a you know, boost for donations.
0: And, and so you've got, what was interesting to me, is you've got $20.8 million in contributions listed under that tag. Seven and a half of that is football. And only 731000 and some change on basketball. That was surprising to mm-hmm. me that gap there, Greg.
1: Yeah, for sure. And that's it, really when you start talking about the football and the basketball side of things with contributions, it is specific to those sports. So it's, you know, somebody wanting to donate seven and a half million dollars of football, you can say, Hey, I want this money to go specifically towards football. And that's what a lot of these, uh, that's what, that's what this is. And then when you start talking about kind of the, the grander picture, you do have a lot of these kind of half million roughly donations to the other sports. And then you have the the remaining balance is just to program as a whole. So it's not specifically earmarked for football or basketball it's for the entire athletic department. And that's where the bulk bulk of these funds come from.
0: Yeah. And, and when, when the Rams club talks about supporting scholarships, you've got a to... You've got a sports program that has 15.3 million dollars in scholarships to pay for, across the board. Um, if I'm reading it correctly, again, that's 3.8 million of that's football, 500 and some change is basketball, and then the rest is spread out across the other sports. Greg, when when you dig into this, I mean, I guess the elephant. Oh, and, and this does not include any NIL stuff, folks. Need to understand that that is a completely separate animal here. This is no ways, no means talking about NIL at all here. Um, so when you hear that, that's, another whole, that's a, another whole rabbit hole that Greg Barnes can go down one day and dig out. But Greg, when I guess the elephant in the room here for North Carolina is the media rights. And I want you to talk about that a little bit. Of course, we're talking about North Carolina's financials from 20 to mid-2020. Mid twenty-two to mid twenty-three here, the media rights, thirty-three point three million. That's just that, and when you add that, and then you think about what I've mentioned about the the total net revenue across the whole program, that's where the that's the elephant that comes running across your uh, your spreadsheet there, Greg.
1: It does, Tommy. And when you break it down a little bit further, uh, media rights for for men's basketball, is 6.5 million media rights for football is 25.8 million. So that's a big, big chunk of the change right there. Um, People ask all the time about NCAA tournament distribution. That's about 4 million a year, the way they work that out. And that's for both men's and women's basketball. Um, So while the NCAA tournament makes a ton of money nationwide, there are a lot of programs that that money's divvied up between, and it also goes to fund the NCAA coffers. Uh, so when you break it down to all the teams that actually participate, uh, you don't get as big of a chunk as maybe you think a, a program like North Carolina would, especially you know, considering they were in the final game two years ago. Um, but you know, North Carolina's uh, media rights, it climbed 6% up to 33.3 million, which is not bad. Uh, But when we start talking about what other programs are making, especially those in in the Big Ten and and the SEC, uh, it gets to be problematic. And uh, I mean, like Maryland, for example, everybody makes a big deal about Maryland leaving the ACC a decade ago for good reason. And people who who raise complaints about, hey, Maryland chased the money and they have lost all their traditions. They lost all their rivalries. The fans don't like it as much anymore. And there's a lot of validity to that. And that's something that UNC has to consider, you know, if they're ever to kind of consider making a jump to another conference. However, with the Big Ten's new media deal, Maryland's projected to, to bring in about 70 million a year in media rights. And Carolina this year is at 33.3 million. Uh So that that's, that's what we're talking about. Those are, those are crazy numbers. I wanted to throw this out uh, just to kind of give people an idea of where projections currently are for what conferences are going to be looking at down the road. Um, Navigate uh, does a lot of these projections, and this is something that most of the conferences use. But when you're looking at average payout per member institution at these conferences, if we look ahead to 2029, so we're not that far away, uh, for the Big 10 those projections payout per team 109 million the SEC 118 million and the ACC's 62 million so in just 5 or 6 years we're looking at Carolina bringing in about half of what the SEC average program does uh, and so while the AC, while Carolina brought in 33 million this year projected to nearly double that in 5 years clearly that's a good thing but don't forget, we're also talking about an athletic department that increased uh, operational revenue by roughly $40 million over the last two years, and expenses increased about the same rate. So that's something that everybody uh, that's making decisions in Chapel Hill is looking at and is concerned about, and that's something to really pay attention to as we're moving forward.
0: Yeah, that, that is why the conference realignment discussion is not only important, it is uh, financially extremely important greg just as a, let, let's let's walk down this path right here before we get back to north carolina let's talk about texas football texas of course everybody knows who will be in the sec next year and they will be getting that money that greg mentioned but greg give us some texas numbers just to sort of put this on a scale for people and realize that these are texas numbers from the big 12 not yet the sec Greg go. I was blown away when you told me off the air. So these are the the
1: 2022, 20, 23 numbers for Texas. Uh, as a athletic department as a whole, they reported $271 million in uh, total revenue. With, you know, and that's close to being double what North Carolina did. And then when you look at just the football program as a whole. Uh, they reported 183 million in operating revenue. 183 million, so nearly three times what the North Carolina football program did, and then they reported 122 million in surplus just for the football department, uh, which is just a crazy number. And so, it's it's easy to compare Texas football to North Carolina football, and I think everybody understands the difference there. The comparison and parallel that i want to reference here though is a lot of people say well you you have north carolina basketball which is one of the best in the in the country and that's really the bread and butter for for chapel hill i get it yeah i I understand exactly what carolina athletics has been uh, for a long long time however i think we can all agree that carolina is one of the top basketball programs in the country just like texas is one of the top football programs in the country. But yet here we are talking about Texas football bringing in $183 million in revenue, whereas the North Carolina basketball program brought in $31 million in operating revenue. So about $150 million difference in revenue in one year, uh, comparing two different sports, of course, but two two programs that are at the absolute top of their sport. And so when we start talking about why is football king now, I think that's just a great example, Tommy.
0: Yeah, anybody that wants to to put anything other than football at the top of the top of the list is delusional for that reason. I, I'm not saying that you can't like basketball better, but football drives the ship. Texas football makes more money than the entire University of North Carolina athletic department by far, and that's just Texas football. Wow. I mean, this this is not a level playing field, folks, and that, again, I think is relevant. That is not from the SEC. That's from the Big 12, who a lot of people want to equate the current deal of the ACC with the Big 12s and not the Big 2. We're talking with Greg Barnes here on Next Level, talking about the financials for North Carolina athletic department let me talk about johnny t-shirt just for a second greg if you'll bear with me johnny t-shirt they need our financial support as well they're on franklin street east franklin street go see them saw them this past weekend when we were in town for the duke game hopping in there and they've got great deals and great sales all the time and if you're an inside carolina premium subscriber you get that 10 percent off your everyday order either online or or in person there. And this customer service is worth the trip. I mean, you go in, speak to the folks, they're so kind, so nice, and they help you out. Also, Congruity, congruityhrcom front slash Tar Heels, get your free assessment for your small to mid-sized business. Great, great technology, great customer service. Again, a great way to grow your business. We're talking about financials on this podcast, so it's relevant. Great way to grow your business. They handle payroll and HR and all that while you handle the business and you grow it. They've gone from a North Carolina-based company to a national brand. They can help you do the same thing if they've got what you need. Go to CongruityHR.com. Check out that form. Fill it out. Send it in. They'll give you a free assessment if you're an Inside Carolina person, and they'll see if they can help you out. Greg, when we look at this, you know, it's just, you know, uh, let me talk about football for a second. Folks talk about parking passes are now an expense if you're a Rams Club member. $3 million in parking, concessions, and all that kind of stuff. 1.8 of that was for football. That was before they instituted that policy. So that'll be more money in there. $16.5 million in royalties for the program. I assume that's licensing deals you know, and all that. 5.9 of that football, 5.4 of that. Of course, the football team got revenue of going to the Holiday Bowl. This is another thing about bowl games, Greg. And we've talked about this. Carolina got two point eight and change to go to the Holiday Bowl. Two point nine. Well, they only cleared what? A couple dollars. When Thirty-seven thousand also- dollars. <laughs> so they only. So going on these bowl games is is a great trip for folks, but it does it's not making any money. For university, especially when it's in a place like San Diego, that's just so ridiculously expensive anyway. It'd be interesting to see what the the bowl payout is this year from the the Mayo Bowl that Carolina participated in. Coaches' salaries, and this is across the athletic department: twenty-eight point six million dollars. Support staff: twenty-five point one million. Greg, there was a a severance payment in there: three point seven doesn't have details is that still Larry Fedora is that just going to be other coaches
1: yeah that's a good question Tommy I know his his severance package ended in 2022 um, so it possibly could have been the the last part of his since that was the first six months of this fiscal year I don't know that uh, for a fact so I'm not exactly sure uh, where that number comes from
0: when we're also looking at recruiting budgets and we've heard about now, I'm sure Texas football's got a gigantic recruiting budget. We've heard about SEC schools with giant recruiting budgets. North Carolina's recruiting budget across the, the program was roughly three million dollars. And when I say the program, the entire athletic department. 169 of that, 169 thousand of that is listed as basketball. 1.6 for football. Greg, 325 thousand dollars for women's basketball recruiting expenses. Now I know they don't break it down directly. But that is, that just doesn't seem right or seem that can't be accurate. Can it,
1: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I don't know what to say. That's a, that's a big number. Uh, yeah. And that's something worth exploring for sure. Because when you're talking about a program that's losing four and a half million, uh, every, every dollar counts. And that is just a, a wild number, um, you're also talking about eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars in direct overhead for the women's basketball program. Um, so there's a there's a lot of expenses involved. I mean, it's five point eight million in expenses for the the women's basketball program. And then you you kind of flip it around and look at the the revenue, and you're only talking about two hundred twenty-two thousand dollars in ticket sales. And then about you. Let's see here. Roughly. Yeah. More than half of the total operating revenue for women's basketball is contributions. That's uh, that, that just makes it very difficult. And that, I mean, look, when you, when you hear, when you hear people like Bubba Cunningham and and, uh, various coaches talk about supporting programs, I mean, this is it. Like if you're a, if you're a women's basketball fan, go to games. Uh, watch as much of the games on TV as you can you know, send in money all those types of things are very important if you if you really enjoy those non-revenue sports because as the expenses increase uh, those those are going to be difficult to to maintain in terms of a lot of the expenses involved here
0: yeah and that's the thing is this is not as a to slight any other program at all here this is a a reason that, to Greg's point, there to support them more, if you possibly can, and it's also a reason that North Carolina's got to do something to get out of the burden that the ACC media rights deal, the grant of rights, has put on them. Right?
1: Yeah, for sure. And let me let me switch it just a little bit and talk about the the basketball team. Um I'll already addressed them a little bit, but in terms of of support and what can transpire, if you look at the the men's basketball ticket sales they're down about a million uh year over year from what they were in 2021-22 um and when you talk about the smith center is one of the biggest arenas in the country what does the smith center like tommy
0: corporate suites
1: see there we go and this is the issue because there's been rumblings about, hey, you know, is it possible to build another uh, facility? You know, there's been been conversation about a a north campus, where you can uh, maybe have Nike involved and you can have a brand new arena, and it can be really you know uh, built out with all kinds of crazy suites. That's where the money is. You know, the the a lot of people don't like the fact that the Blue Zone has so many empty seats during. You know, uh, hot days and maybe during games that aren't competitive. Well, guess what? The blue zone is a moneymaker. And that's one of the surprises for, for UNC admins when they started saying, wow, like that's that's a lot of revenue coming in for suites. And so for, for basketball, there's a lot of kind of push against building an arena off campus, which means you're talking about potentially renovating the Smith Center. And we're going to have a, a story up on this and uh, the upcoming weeks about kind of what the situation is with the Smith center. However, if they decide to renovate the Smith center as it currently is, you got to put a ton of suites in, and that's probably going to come at the expense of some of the seating capacity, but, but every suite that you add, you're talking about massive revenue growth, especially when it comes to ticket sales and you know, when you start looking at those SEC numbers and those Big Ten numbers, I mean, $5 million a year is significant. And if you can get that out of extra suites, uh, you got to chase it. And so these are the things that the athletic department's having to think about as they're kind of looking forward and projecting ahead about what does UNC athletics represent? Uh, What do you want in terms of all these non-revenue sports? And if you want all of them, where does the money come from? Does it mean you have to leave the conference? Can you help the ACC find ways to increase revenue, which is a challenge? So these are all the, the puzzles that, that everybody kind of making the decisions in Chapel Hill are, are thinking about.
0: Yeah, it's not just as simple either as we're seeing with the Florida State deal and, and what we've seen over the last couple of years with people trying to pick a way to get out of the, the current deal. It's not just as simple as flipping a switch and going somewhere. And to your point, Greg, is you've got people at all levels trying to figure out a way to best support everybody. Because one thing that would be a travesty, I think, as a Carolina alum, is to act sports, to to cut a sport.
1: For sure. And let me say this. Uh, I've spoken with with a lot of people um, who are in the decision-making process. And I haven't spoken to a single one who wants to cut sports. That's not something anybody wants to do. However, you do have to look at the reality of the situation and you have to, you know, as these projections start to come in, you really do have to kind of say, okay, like where can we save money? And can we save enough money here or there to make it worthwhile? Uh, North Carolina has really never had to have those difficult conversations in the past. Uh, The way things are snowballing right now, with all this money coming in for these different media deals that, that both the Big Ten and the SEC uh, have recently signed. Those conversations have only uh, picked up in intensity and in frequency. And, and that's just something for people to be aware of, you know, as, as we get further into these conference talks.
0: Yeah. And, and the last thing I'll say, and then Greg, I'll let you close us out with your with your sanity here, is the one thing that is always A big chunk of this is contributions we talked about rams club and you know now you've got nil on the table and all this these other schools they don't need money from one particular person to do the extra stuff that they need to do they get these media deals like i've said it before on this show before you know multiple times before alabama's got every brand new building on campus and you say how did y'all do that they like football money so rather than having multiple, you know, somebody's name on a building that was built, that person's money can go towards paying the players now. And so that's the the quandary that North Carolina is and other teams in the conference, quite frankly, is that they're having to go to people and say, we need money for facilities. We saw the maintenance fees. They're in there. You know, the, the direct overhead, you know, 14.6, just crazy amounts of money to keep these facilities up to date. Well, they go to people for that, you know, in some instances. And then they're going back and saying, well, we need money because we got to keep our left tackle. And, and that's the nature of college sports, Greg. It is really just a totally different era. Ooh. Or is it really? Or are we just shining more light on behind the scenes? I mean, I think there's some, there's some middle ground there. I don't know if it's that much different than it used to be. It's just more public than it ever was, and it's certainly more expensive than it ever was.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, and NIL is really the the catalyst to a lot of these changes. And I think you laid it out you perfectly right there, Tommy. Um, but if you go back and if you adjust for inflation from like when Dean Smith was in his prime, um, if you adjust for inflation, look at what Hubert Davis is making now. Hubert's making multiples of what Dean made back then, and that speaks to really media. I mean. How do fans consume their sports? Media. You're watching, you know, ESPN, your your own IC, you're you're getting your information through all these different media outlets. Um, and that happens because you, all these media deals are taking place. And that's where the, the money comes from. And I think you make a, a really good point there, Tommy, of take Maryland, for example. They're projected to bring in about 70 million. Once the big Ten deal takes place, I guess that uh, starts next year, maybe the year after. That's about double uh, kind of what you know, North Carolina's football program um, is bringing in in terms of the the net surplus uh, and it's really a situation where if they're bringing in you know, 70 million meter rights, North Carolina's bringing in 35 million. That's $35 million that you can use to uh, fund all of your non-revenue sports. As you mentioned, you can use it for facilities. Uh, And you don't have to really beat the drum and knock on the doors of all your donors time and time again, because a lot of those expenses are covered. But then you can go to your donors and say, hey, uh, I know we haven't hit you up too much this year. We really need to go on a, a pretty significant drive for NIL just to make sure we have that taken care of we won't bother you again for another 12 months. I think people forget that two years ago with COVID Carolina was beating on everybody's door and the fan base responded by delivering about $40 million in contributions. That's about double than average, which is impressive. And it says a lot about the the fan base. Uh, but now we're less than two years removed from that. And Carolina is having to go back to those same people asking for more donations. Um, And this, this is creates a problem because if those donations cease or they are reduced any, well, now you're talking about, there's a potential for uh, working with some deficits, budget deficits, which, which is never a good thing. And that's what happened with Maryland. That's why Maryland left because they were looking at 10 to $50 million deficits. And they're like, we're going to go broke. Like we, we cannot stay in the ACC because we enjoy our rivalry with Duke and Carolina. That was not an option. Fans could think that way. The people you know, handling the books could not. Um, and the other component too, Tommy, to your initial point about how things have kind of spiraled, think about all the new facilities that Carolina has put into place. Uh, you know, The field hockey stadium is fantastic. Uh, you know, you've got – they just redid Finley. Um, they've redone a lot of these projects around campus. Well, the Dean Smith Center's do. So you got to find money for that. So do you start a capital campaign there? And that's not going to be a a cheap cost. And that's going to be a lot of money, especially if they're having to renovate the Smith Center as it currently is because you get in there, you're going to have to redo the concourses because those are are so small, so narrow. you got to put in suites and all those kind of things. So there's a lot of expenses ahead, um, a lot of sunk costs involved. And uh, you are kind of just chasing the, the financial snowball down the hill. And and that's why everybody at UNC is really taking a hard look at, okay, what is, are there any cracks in the grant of rights, which runs through 2035-36? Uh, and if there are, what are our options beyond the ACC looking ahead? And that's just become a very big conversation in Chapel Hill, and it will continue to be.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately, it's all about the money. And you mentioned the Smith Center and renovating that. The renovations on the Smith Center will make the original build price look extremely small. It's that day and age. As I walked into the Smith Center the other night, Saturday evening, I realized I did this in 86. It's been there that long. And it's virtually the same. There's a lot of new bells and whistles and some fresh paint in some places. Um, but structurally, it's virtually the same, and there's just so much needs to be done. So that's why it's all about the money, folks, and that's why Greg Barnes has gotten hold of the financials and taken care of the deep dive for us so we can talk about it here and you can read about it on Inside Carolina. Stay tuned. If you if you watch this and you have more questions, put them in the thread on the message board that I'm sure will be hopping, and Greg will get to it if he can. I'm sure he always does with with the knowledge that we all need. Greg Barnes, you're the best, my friend. Thanks, Tommy. Appreciate it. Yep. Shout out to everybody for paying attention to Next Level. Shout out to Congruity and Johnny T-Shirt. Make sure you stick with Inside Carolina for everything, from money to games to recruiting, all you got at InsideCarolina.com. Thanks, everyone.